the Premier On Podcast is brought to you today by our friends at Java Remix. Java Remix is the perfect blend of 100% organic Arabica coffee infused with nano-emulsified CBD. Cannabidiol, or CBD, is fast gaining a reputation as a remedy to treat everything from anxiety to depression, inflammation to acne. And now it's available in your morning cup of Java. Go to javaremix.com right now and browse through their available products. Java Remix offers traditional ground coffee as well as single-serve K-cups in both regular and decaf. And if you aren't a coffee person, Java Remix also offers CBD-infused teas, bath bombs, and body scrubs. And for our Prove Me Wrong listeners, go online right now, that's javaremix.com, and enter the promo code PROVEMEWRONG for a 20% discount off your entire shopping experience. And Java Remix also offers free shipping on all orders over $40. Once again, that's javaremix.com, promo code prove me wrong. Welcome back everyone to another edition of the Prove Me Wrong podcast. As always, I'm your host Pete Lieb. I've got a great show tonight. My guest is Dr. Joe Gallenberger, and we are going to talk about psychokinesis, telekinesis, Maybe some energy healing, meditation, if we can get to it. I know that's a lot of topics to talk about within an hour. As you know, I'm extremely interested in unlocking uh, the dormant powers in my mind. I try it all the time. I've been trying to move things with my mind since I was a child, you know, um, to know with no luck to this point. So whenever I find somebody who I think has that ability, um, I'm always very interested to talk to them. But Dr. Gallenberger is a clinical psychologist with 30 years experience as a therapist. He began to investigate psychokinesis in 1992, which is the ability to influence matter, uh, to do things such as bending metal. And he says he has grown seeds in his hands in minutes just by using the power of his energy. Uh, He's also a senior trainer at Monroe Institute and created the popular MC Squared program, which teaches PK, energy healing, and manifestation. Dr. Gallenberger has several books to his credit, including Inner Vegas, Creating Miracles, Abundance, and Health, Liquid Luck, The Good Fortune Handbook, and Heaven is for Healing, A Soul's Journey After Suicide. Dr. Gallenberger has been a guest on more than 100 radio shows, including Coast to Coast Radio and New Thinking Aloud. His website is SyncCreation.com, and his books can be ordered on his website or through Amazon.com, so you can look them up there. Welcome, Dr. Gallenberger, to the program. Good evening, Pete. How are you today? I am great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, If we could, I'd like to kind of level set for people who maybe don't know the difference with just some definitions first. Um, If you could give me an idea of the definition between what's the difference of telekinesis and psychokinesis? Well, Pete, most people use the terms now interchangeably. Okay. Um. Telekinesis probably was a little older term uh, to define, as you mentioned in your intro, you've been using your mind for years to try to move something. Yeah. From my point of view, that's one place people can go off kilter. For me, the mind is like a steering wheel of a car. It sets the intent or the direction, but the car goes nowhere without any gas. So okay. we focus a lot on the energy needed for psychokinesis. And we found the best gas or energy uh, for these kinds of activities is the energy of a wide open heart, the energy of love in its highest form. That's the most positive psychologically, spiritually kind of energy to use. Uh, So our definition is more affecting matter with your energy, using your intent to focus that energy in the direction you would like to change uh, physical reality in some way. So what was the trigger point for you becoming involved in PK? How did you discover that it was even possible? How did you wrap your brain around it? I was, as you mentioned, been teaching up at Monroe Institute for Uh 27 years. And um, we had a program there where people were learning different skills uh, that were more mental mastery, if you will. And in practicing that... um, we started a dice game to uh, reward people for various things, like if they could memorize what the dice sequence was, they would get 
an extra chip. And in that situation, uh, I found my hands getting very warm, felt very connected to, grounded to earth energy and expanded to spirit. And with that, I could roll dice in the pattern I wanted, like seven sevens in a row. And that seemed real interesting to me because the energy mm -hmm. seemed the same as used in energy healing. So I got a grant to go down to Princeton Engineering Anomalous Research Lab at Princeton University and do some psychokinesis experiments as a subject. And I left there knowing it was real and knowing I could do it, both looking at their data, <clears throat> which said it was a million to one by chance that this was definitely real. It would not occur by chance in less than one in a million. So um, that's where I began. I can how talk did they... about the experiments we did. Yeah, please. I was just going to ask you, how did they structure yeah. their experiments? What did they do? Yes, so they had a variety, and uh, they asked the subject to pick one they would like. And they had a fountain of water bubbling behind glass, lit by laser light. Mm -hmm. And water fountains bubble randomly by hydrodynamic law. The column height keeps changing, okay? And so the task was to make it high for 15 minutes, make the column low for 15, leave it alone 15 minutes for control. So in the high condition, again, you can't touch this, it's behind glass. I imagine surrounding the column of water with an energy balloon like aura, if you will, to strengthen yeah. the column. And on the low condition, I imagine having an energy sword like in Star Wars and slicing the water psychically to keep breaking the column height. And I got a Z-score of 12.97 where 1.9, uh, 1.96 would say let, it, it, this would not occur more often than once in a hundred by chance. And that's an exponential scale. So it's kind of off the charts at the 1297. Uh, the second experiment we did is called ArtReg. And they have a computer pick with a random number generator pixels from one picture or another. So a random number generator is like a head tail coin flip. Should come out 50-50 ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. And they're making decisions on that by random atomic action about a thousand times a second. So even over one second, it should average 50-50. On this test, if that was happening, you'd see half the pictures from the kitty cat picture, half from the pyramid picture, and it would be mush on the screen. So you have to think, and I love cats, so I picked the kitty cat and was going, here, kitty, 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 and getting myself all excited to bring out the cat picture, it became clearer and clearer and locked in. And when they analyzed the data on that, that was 30,000 to one by chance that the random number generator would go, go into order that much and pick that many pixels from one picture versus another. <clears throat> so those were the two main ones I did there. And it was such a wonderful feeling to have inside and to see this happen. I wanted to get a black belt in PK. Yeah. And uh, I looked around, where could I do that? I couldn't keep going up to Princeton Lab. And Las Vegas turned out to be ideal because we know the statistics on dice and on slot machines, and it's very well regulated by the state, so there's no uh, cheating off of random. And I started going out there by myself and found that, in fact, I could influence the dice quite often. So... On a game of dice, um, a 15-minute roll before you roll the wrong thing, which would be a seven, uh -huh. occurs uh, maybe once an hour at a table, once a half hour. And I was able to roll two hours and 30 minutes uh, at two different tables uh, with the target of six. Um, so I could analyze statistically that six should come up 13% of the time. It right. came up much more often. And that seven didn't come up as often as it should. And when you do that, of course, you make some money. So I could pay my office staff at home and pay for the trip. So I'd go out once a month and practice this. Uh, after doing it for about a year, I thought it was very positive and wondered if it could be taught to other people. So I had one or two private students and then started a workshop called Inner Vegas Adventure. And we did our 99th workshop out there right before COVID hit. And so our next one is our hundredth work workshop there. And we found people waking up the second day of the workshop, 
pain-free from post-polio syndrome for the first time in 20 years, people manifesting wonderful things in their life, mm -hmm. and people being able to roll a dice. Uh, one of the most recent ones we did, a person rolled 48 numbers in a row with no seven, where seven should come up once in every six rolls statistically. So it's been a real adventure out there, and we call it Inner Vegas Adventure. Uh, since then, I went to back to Monroe and developed the MC Squared program standing for Manifestation and Creation Squared, mm -hmm. where we work with lighting light bulbs with our energy. They've measured 400 volts off my hands when we're doing that. Um, we work with growing seeds. We've had an inch and a half seed growth in two or three minutes, holding seeds in our hand. Uh, we work with metal bending and we work with the rolling dice so up there as well. And we do many healing circles in that workshop. Uh, since then, we picked up doing research with the University of Virginia. They've analyzed the data for the last four years in that MC squared program and came out at a thousand to one by chance. Uh, so good verification that up there we were able to in, move indicators in a machine that energy was moving. Uh, I've also worked individually with them and PK tasks for engineers are uh, kind of boring. You start mm -hmm. with a uh, half hour putting 128 lead EEG on your head, all those little pins, and you get all set up. And then the PK task up there is 48 seconds PK, 48 seconds rest through 100 trials in a row very quickly. And uh, I got significance on their uh, tests. And uh, they had some interesting readings on EEG because we're trying to figure out what goes on in the mind and in the brain when people are in a psychokinetic state. So that's a short history. Yeah, so you gave me a ton to unpack there. So I wanted to yeah. go I wanted to go way back if I could and then work my yeah. way forward. When sure. you were talking about the fountain first. So the mm -hmm. fountain itself was kind of a, a static height typically, right? And I'm thinking of like my pool fountains, you know, the, like the bubblers that bubble up. <laughs> was yeah, it well, a... they would in a laboratory measure exact pressure of the water. Uh -huh. So the water pressure was always constant. Right. Okay. Again, it was shielded from any breeze or any you know, contact with the experimenter. It was lit with laser lights. So it kind of sparkled, mm -hmm. looked nice. And, um, <clears throat> and then in that situation where the water pressure is even, that column of height will build in water and then break and fall down and then come back up like a bubbling fountain. Yeah, And that's by random hydrodynamic loss. So that's a, a random activity, supposedly. And then showing that humans can influence that is, is pretty powerful. Did Princeton, did they give you any type of strategies before you started? Or did they just say, here's a column of water, m make it go mm -hmm. higher, make it go lower? Did they actually prime you at all prior to starting? It's a very good question. Um, I'm a psychologist by training. Um, 30 years experience as a therapist. Uh, and what I noticed was they, they being engineers, they had naturally done some things that were conducive to PK. They made you feel very welcome and relaxed when you walked in. Mm -hmm. It was a nice environment. But in most of their studies, they were using unmotivated undergraduates who may have partied the night before for extra credit. They wouldn't tell them whether it was possible. They wouldn't give them any direction on how to do this. So I wondered how it'd be if you brought in energy experts like Qigong masters, karate masters, energy healers, and that you told them, yes, this is possible, and maybe gave them some suggestion, such as go into the energy of the heart or have positive emotions. Um, so we started you know, modifying some things and uh, they were probably modifying them already by their data. Um, even with the unmotivated undergraduates, they had had 12 and a half million trials and it came out a million to one by chance. Um, so they had a very small effect, but over many, many trials. And we were wanting to get a larger effect with less trials. Um, they did know some things that as they continued their research, if somebody believed in PK, it was more likely they would be successful than if somebody was highly negative or skeptical mm -hmm. to it. Uh, it seemed to be better when people were not in ego and trying too hard um, because best we know, psychokinesis is a natural ability we all have. 
but natural doesn't necessarily mean easy. Uh, so I'm going to give you an example. Okay. Sleep is natural. And most people, they, they feel tired. They have the intention to go to sleep. Then they let go of that intention. They think of something else and they're asleep. Okay. On a good night. But if I said to that same person, okay, we're going to put you on TV in front of an audience of 10 million people. We're going to give you a half hour to go to sleep. And if you can do that, we'll give you a million dollars. Most people would not be able to fall asleep. What's changed? Now that natural process, ego has come in as efforting and trying and getting in the way. Um, so very much with PK, the main reason it doesn't happen often is people are in their heads, in their egos, mm -hmm. trying too hard, not sure if it's possible. And, you know, when we work with spoon bending, for example, uh, in workshops, people will first start saying, I'm afraid I won't be able to do this. But very quickly, if you go deeper, they're also afraid they will. Because if they see something like this Heidi the Fountain or the uh, other experiments be successful, it changes their belief system and changes how the world works, their concepts of what's possible, what's not, how much power they have. So you have to work a double edge. You get to a place where results begin to happen in the laboratory and all of a sudden you're afraid of success and failure at the same time. Success would mean I have to change my mm -hmm. belief. Failure would mean I'm a failure. And at that point, usually the experiment collapses. So a lot of what we do is trying to get people to learn how to get back beyond that to have the PK. So uh, you use the force analogy, and, and that's kind of how I always think of it. You're, you're saying that mm -hmm. the energy is basically always there. And you don't think there needs to be any level of personal sensitivity to access it. You think that any of the, you know, the lay person, as long as they're in the right frame of mind, as long as they come into it with the right mental attitude and intention, we can all access it. Is that, is that your thought? Yes, but much like we could all play happy birthday on the piano with the several lessons. Uh -huh. And yet a concert pianist has a level of innate talent potentially. Yeah. It might be greater than the individual. So there may be a combination of uh, that's always accessible and then some people having talent. In my experience, talent may not be as important as what beliefs you carry. Uh, say in energy healing, if you believe nothing good comes easy, no pain, no gain, you're not going to heal something instantly. <clears throat> uh, so when we work at a, you know, these things happen to people naturally. It might be the uh, first time I went to a racetrack, I didn't know what I was doing. I was with my brother betting $2, having right. fun. Yeah. And I heard a voice say 254. And I turned to my brother and said, I just heard this voice. He said, well, the next race is a trifecta. And you can bet the first, second, and third coming in horse. So I bet 254 on a $2 bet won $788. They came in. Next time I went to the racetrack, hello, no voice. Okay. Uh, because now my ego was in there. So people have beginner's luck when they're in a new situation, they're feeling good. Uh, they'll have things spontaneously happen and probably not as likely when you're drunk, though then okay. your ego is not so strong. Your energy is kind of scrambled. It's likely to happen when you're feeling very good on a date with somebody that you really love with a good friend, uh, things that would raise your energy naturally and open your heart a bit. And then something exciting you want to do. PK is results driven. It can be negative in the sense of we've heard stories of a woman uh, lifting a car off a child mm -hmm. you know, that was under the wheel. That probably couldn't be physically possible. Probably the PK energy came in there. Uh, but in general, it's something positive. So like the book I have written, uh, Inner Vegas, people will read that and they just go to the casino and they may begin winning on slots where they haven't before because they go in with a positive frame of mind. Um, they're not real expert meditators, but uh, the main thing is energy is good and they have a clear intent and they don't have much fear. Fear is the main choke of this thing. So um, you me you mentioned meditation. Is meditation really the key? Is that I mean, is that the key for most people? I mean, I've tried to meditate in the past and, and I didn't do mm -hmm. it well. I did not succeed. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep, yeah. I believe. And so I think yeah. that's kind of the normal, I mean, I don't know if that's a normal thing that people start. 
how do you get involved? How do you start the meditation? I know you have meditation courses on your, your website as yes. well. How do, yeah. how do you start that? How do you do it? Okay, so naturally meditative states might be watching a beautiful sunset or being mm -hmm. at the ocean and the sound of the waves is calming your mental uh, activity. Um, most ways to learn to meditate take a good bit of practice and time. There's something out, it's a technology, Monroe Institute really explored it, I think the most thoroughly, they've been researching this for 40 years, called Hemisync for Hemispheric Synchronization. You put on some headphones and in about 10 minutes with that, most people get into a meditative state. Uh, it uses some uh, binaural beat, mm -hmm. a different signal in each ear. And the brain goes into the difference of the two signals. So if the difference was four cycles, it tends to go into four cycle. Four cycle, for example, is associated with sleep. And so if you wanted to sleep and you were agitated, you put one of these on, it probably would help you sleep. There's other meditative brainwave patterns associated with creativity, with expanded awareness, without a body, with many things, including PK state an energy healing state. In those, we see gamma wave stimulation. But all of this tends to be possible for the layman coming in with no meditative experience within a very short period of time. So the meditation CDs I have on my website are usually 35 minutes long about. Mm -hmm. And often people report success in the first try um, with, with them. And why that's important is we want to get you out of your head and uh, you could go into your body and vigorously exercise. Um, you can go into your heart, uh, into the emotions, uh, positive emotions. But if you start with a meditative state that relaxes the chatter of the monkey mind and then have the intention to move into your heart with suggestions perhaps guiding you to do so, like thinking of somebody you love, uh, imagining a warmth in your heart area, then it can be quite easy to transition from the usual left brain chatter mental state into a more whole brain state with lots of heart energy flowing within that. So that's where the meditation technologies come in handy. It can save people years of practice in a ashram, if you will. You said you've gone on 99 of these excursions and you've been doing this, this training for 27 years. Do you have a good idea? Can you kind of tell now uh, the type of person who's going to be successful? I'm, I'm assuming there are probably, like you said, there are people who are just more successful than others. Have you ever done anything that said, okay, here are the 50 people that I think were the most successful doing this, and here are the commonalities that I see with these people, whether it be you know um, gender or whether it be the type of work that they've kind of naturally gravitated to do or their, what their natural... Uh, uh, interests are what they like to do in their spare time. You know, the, the people who love music or tend to be better. Have you done any of those type of, um, you know, kind of quantitative uh, uh, work to say, I have these 50, uh, out of all the people, here are the ones that really did well. And here are some of the commonalities that I think maybe are indicators uh, mm -hmm. of success. Good question. I'd start with who it's easier to identify who's not going to do well. <laughs> yeah. Um, people that are angry, bitter, suspicious, paranoid, uh, those kind of things, greedy, um, very much in fear. Mm -hmm. um, so you would not want to go to Vegas, for example, to make your next house payment when you're out of work. Right. Okay. And so there's a saying in Vegas, scared money loses. And that's true in life as well. If you're more afraid of rejection than the ideal relationship, more afraid of being jobless than having the perfect job for you in terms of your passion and expression of it, you're likely to manifest on the negative. On the positive side, male, female, both can be beautiful on it. Children tend to do better than adults initially. Mm -hmm. The Chinese actually selected kids before puberty and would train them in psychokinesis. Some of them would keep that through puberty, but a lot would lose it when they hit puberty. In the United States, Jack Hawk is famous for his spoon bending parties. Usually the first people who have metal bend at the party are children because they're more simple and they yeah. believe in adult when they say they can do it and they don't have all this mental load we carry. Um, then when we look at 
a little deeper, uh, sometimes I'll have people come who are engineers and very left brain, if you will. And uh, they often do very well, but initially have a hump to get out of how they've been relying on their logical mm -hmm. mind to in work and being paid to you know rely on that and that they believe uh very strongly in the newtonian science okay so they've been studying stress metal fractures in airplanes they don't like to hear the word that randomness could be changed and become non-random because that messes with that kind of theory right if you bring in a scientist who say a quantum physicist they're more likely to have an expanded view of how the world works and it could be helpful we attract a lot of energy healers day traders people are used to taking risks and in investments mm -hmm. uh, they've done studies showing that a lot of successful business executives have a very high psi or pk and psychic ability and they but they probably will deny it they'll say i just follow my gut for example on intuition right um but they're uncannily good at being in the right place at the right time same for successful detectives in the police department and things they are using intuition but they won't call it that they'll say i'm following my gut so uh pretty much anybody who says i'll at least suspend my disbelief for a while and be open and receptive to see what might be possible can do well and i've seen uh, people out there i know we had i think it was a 97 year old guy wanted to come and he wanted to come in the next workshop i said it's full and he said well i'm 97 i don't know how long i'll be around i said you gotta last for another couple months for the next one which yeah. he did they can do well to uh, kids in their teens um if somebody was naturally in a situation where they're feeling like they're in warrior mode like going through a divorce um embattled feeling that would be less conducive we had one lady come and she was in deep grief at the loss of a child she didn't do well over the three days psychokinetically but by the end of the three days she was smiling and enjoying herself and in the next month she reported winning winning 38,000 on slots 5,000 here 6,000 here all on penny slots she sent me the receipts because she did turn a corner, but she uh -huh. first had to alleviate the grief. So not so much by personality, background, training, um, except if there's a lot of left brain training, then uh, it might be good for that to be eased off of. The Chinese, when they studied the kids, they found kids from the country did better than kids from the city. And the assumption was that the kids in the city were more left brain stimulated. Yeah television internet and stuff versus working on a farm just got to get rid of all as much noise as possible right so the, yeah. so so it looks like it sounds to me like you're saying there's a lot of carryover between pk and what i would consider like manifestation like i believe something was going to happen yes. therefore something happens uh, you know kind of yeah. uh, um I'm sure you're familiar with that, with the movie, and there's a book called, you know, The Secret, where you know, yes. basically kind of the energy you put out into the universe is the energy you're going to reap from the universe. And to, to, like you said, if you go out afraid and you and you're and you have fear or you have envy or you have greed or whatever, you, those good things that you want for yourself will not occur. You have to give out, you know, it's like that Beatles line, right? In the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Would you say that that's accurate? That it really they, they kind of overlap? I think the secret did a good service talking about visualizing what you would like and that we are creators uh -huh. where to me that fell down a bit was it didn't deal with the shadow in most people. Most people will have belief systems mm -hmm. that will be in the way. And some of those beliefs sound quite noble to hold. Say to I said to you or an audience, how many of you are seekers of spiritual seekers? Most hands go up. I say, wouldn't you rather be a finder? That's a different energy. Right. And if you're in the seeker energy, you'll keep seeking and seeking and seeking and reading every book, but you don't get to your destination. Okay. Uh, other belief might be this is of the devil, this kind of power. Right. Um, it can be a belief that uh, nothing good comes easy. And if something good happens, you wait till the uh, shoe falls easy come easy go 
Um, in our culture, if you say to somebody, oh, you're just lucky, that can be an insult. Where my book, Liquid Luck, talks about luck being an active thing that you can cultivate and create to have good fortune. Um, and you, to some of that, you would uh, fill yourself with happiness, gratitude, abundance, praise for the world, compassion to get you out of ego, feelings of good fortune, remembering good things that have happened already. Um, and if you went about it kind of scientifically, technologically, um, it's highly likely then that better things happen. Uh, things that are very strange in terms of winning a thousand dollars on a scratch ticket three weeks in a row, mm -hmm. uh, when before there had never been a win of more than five bucks. And, and you could say it's coincidence, but as these things mount uh, over time, uh, you get more and more confidence. And the more and more confidence you have, then the greater your ability to not be in fear. And uh, so the first time people go out to Vegas with me, say, uh -huh. uh, they're likely to be lucky. Uh, the second time is more challenging. Now the ego comes in and says, oh, I know how to do this. And, um, and they have to ride that through to get to be consistent. When you go to and you take these groups to Vegas and you were talking about, I mean, I don't know if you're doing it in the group, but you're talking about a typical roll is 15 minutes or whatever, and you'll be rolling for two hours. Do the casinos have a problem with that? I mean, a lot of times the casino, as soon as you start to win, they'll they'll kind of point you out. They'll find you and they'll come to you and they don't t typically take well to people winning too much. Do you have a, an issue with that? I mean, do you have a, an arrangement with these casinos that you go to? Um, you have to go to what we call a good house. <laughs> so a bad casino, and most times they end up closing. So I'm going to pick on some that have closed, like the Riviera had a reputation you would go there, start winning for 10, 20 minutes, and somebody would come in and mess with your drink order, slow down your payment, mispay you. Yeah. Uh, not all the time, you know, and, but it would be more likely there. A good house likes winners and likes to see you uh, succeed because that can be positive for their business yeah. as well. Yeah. If they are uh, not concerned that you're cheating, if you're working, say, with um, blackjack and cards, they're concerned that you and the dealer could be in cahoots and uh, that your card counting numbers of things on dice and slot machines are not as concerned. Um, and they know, you know, think good things do happen. So the first casino we went to was um, the Sahara and, and um, it closed and they asked us not to play after three games, three times, three workshops. Next, we went to Stardust and we played there many years. And then somebody complained about their room and the management looked at our group and everybody had won every session. Uh -huh. And they just said, Joe, we don't think you merit an executive host. And we moved on to a third place. We've been playing now Palace Station for more than 10 years and they, they like us. Many casinos have filmed us and they say, Joe, your group might take us for $40,000. But since the myth is the table's hot, not the people, when you leave, people play that table all day long trying to duplicate, and we'll make 100000 uh off of the people that follow you. So they'll have a wider perspective of what goes on. So you have to pick a good house, but then we've found uh, we're not hassled. We're also very generous. We started a blessing bucket where people around the world that we never met would benefit from us joining We've raised uh, 100 to 200,000 in that. And it, sometimes it would be like a dealer's uh, child would be in a car accident. We'd raise money for her rehabilitation and give it to that dealer. So we're known of being, to being very generous and positive in mood. And so many of the crew we even burst into tears saying, send us some of that energy. Since we make the crews happy, then the management tends to be happy. And since that's part of the casino, more people come because they hear the cheering, um, they, they'll ride with us pretty well. We're not trying to kill them. You know, if we went in there trying for a million dollars, that might be different. But, you know, the MGM properties might have $2.6 billion in their vault on a weekend. Yeah. And so if we go in and we're betting $5 bets. So I'm, sh I'm assuming it's it's easier for you and you find more success when you go in these groups rather than by yourself. And I, I only say that because if, if 
to me, if you're talking, I'm kind of getting the, the sense that this is a cloud of energy and we're, we're pulling from the energy and you can pull mm -hmm. positively and you can pull negatively from it. And mm -hmm. so it seems like the outcomes would be better the more people you have pulling positive all at the same time and focusing mm -hmm. that positive, kind of counteracting because there'll be people at a table who want to see you fail, right? There are people who, who are cheering you on, and I've seen that. I think everybody's seen that, yelling and screaming. But then there are also people who are just waiting for you to fail. And so yeah. do you find yeah. it that it is more uh, that your odds of winning go up with the larger the group, or do you find that you have any, a better time by yourself? Um, me by myself can do pretty well, but yeah. I will go to a table by myself. Uh, in groups in general is the best way to learn because we spend a whole day in meditation before you ever go down okay. to the casino and we're really building energy and instructing how to direct that energy to a particular intent and we'll have a group intent. Um, I'm going to go loop back to the Princeton studies. Sure. They found that when one person was powerful, two could be more than twice as powerful with a big if, if they were coherent with each other if they were in resonance with each other. So if you think of a group of 18, which is our maximum when we go to Vegas, we're all thinking the same number, we're on the same page. But if you ask that same group of 18, we're gonna have pizza for lunch, let's order pizza, what do you want on it? It could take an hour of agonizing between the vegans and the meat eaters right. and the vegetarians to pick out a pizza. So if you went to a table and there was no coherence, it's going to be more challenging with other people there. When we go as a group, we reserve the table just for us. So the only people on the table are the people in the group. Oh. Once you've learned that, then you can go out with a friend or two or three people or by yourself, and you can learn how to turn the energy of the table of strangers uh, to the positive and often do well with strangers. So, but initially, if I had a choice and I couldn't pick who I'm going to play with, I'd play alone. And then if I could pick who I play with and what I do ahead of times, I'd play with them uh, because I build a stronger group energy than an individual. Because I, I know I've, I mean, I've been to Vegas a couple of times. I think most people have. And, and you can walk into a certain area and you can feel an energy shift. You can feel if the energy is down in that particular area and then you're going to yeah. walk on and you definitely it's almost a pull. You can, you, you'll, you'll hear some, somebody yell in the distance and it just almost pulls you in that direction yeah. to see what's going yeah. on. So I, I definitely believe, and I would, honestly, I would think that some of those people at the Riviera who you say they come in, you, you win two or three in a row and they're coming in, they're just coming in to distract your energy. They're coming in to just break you, you know, to break that positive flow, throw a little bit of, of a negative spike in there and see if that can, can break up your, uh, your momentum. Yeah, it can. There was a movie, The Cooler, but, you know, in 30, 40 years out in Vegas, starting even before I worked on this formally, uh, it's very infrequent that the casino will be the person trying to mess with you. Another player may come in. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about slot machines. That way you can avoid other people and you can get very good verification. Uh, for example, one workshop I did. I had the goal after the workshop to go down and win a royal flush in hearts on a slot machine. That's 160,000 to one by chance. And I went down and I wanted to be my, myself, but the group found me. And I had a split second. I could have said, sure, join me and not mean it. And now I'm not in genuine energy. Right. I could say, go away, please. You know, I worked all day. And now I'd feel guilty. But instead, I picked the third option to really wide open my heart, say, sure, join me, teach you how to do this. In my first poll, I got the Royal Flush and Hearts. And that was a dollar machine that paid about $4,300. And it was more fun to have them there. They took my picture and hugged me and congratulated me and cheered. Um, but slots can be very nice, even on a private basis, to watch these statistics play out where you have a specific goal, four aces or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then you see yourself hitting this. So when you're talking slot machines, you don't mean, you mean the digital, I mean, right now, there is no manual slot machine anymore, right? With the wheels, these are all, just, these are all digital, you're, you're all are, right. you are manipulating a computer, essentially. Yes, in yeah. fact, they have a random number generator in them much like that art reg experiment I talked about at Princeton with the two pictures, Kitty Cat mm -hmm. and Pyramid, randomly selecting hands that would come up in poker 
maybe a hundred times a second. All right. So if you are hot on a machine and I go next, that's not the next hand. It's within a microsecond of when you pull is what's going to come up. And um, the we know again the statistics in poker, the odds of a royal flush, etc. Those have what we call a pseudo random number generator. They're electronically based to put out randomly when the next good hand, when the bad hand is going to come up. And those are influenceable by psychokinesis, in my experience, and many others. One weird thing would be say that Royal Flush, for 20 years in Vegas, I never got one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I flew to Salt Lake to see a business partner and he said, oh, you should drive across the Bonneville Salt Flats one time in your life. It's so beautiful at sunset. We did, and I didn't know it, but doing that meant we ended up in Nevada at a casino and the first pull in there, I got my Royal Flush. I realized over all those years of training, I was training my mind to say, I'll never get a Royal Flush in Vegas because I had all this proof of that. Yeah. As soon as I changed the situation, boom, it came in. We've had many people in the groups hit a Royal Flush on a day, which is highly unlikely, 40,001, and hit one or two more on that same day, where they've never hit one for 10 years before, because now they know it's possible, and they're feeling lucky, and they're feeling open and celebratory and joyous, uh, and they're fear of losing money has gone away because they've had this win. So um, it's real interesting to see how the physical world and what we create modifies depending on how much fear we have. One concern for me, Pete, now is, you know, with COVID and politics now, there's so much fear. And uh, fear is a prayer for what you do not want. Uh, And so one of the main reasons I teach this is beyond what individually could benefit you, it can benefit your community and your world if you're in a more positive state, creating positive things. So getting away from from Vegas then, what are some other uses for PK? What are some other things? How can can it affect you or how can it benefit you in your day-to-day outside of going and winning winning it uh, at craps? So I would look at energy healing as a variant of PK. You're using your intention, your energy, your mind to affect physical changes in the physical body mm-hmm. at a cellular level, potentially. And I've met many powerful healers. Healing is mysterious or the illnesses. Sometimes it's not supposed to heal right now. Uh, it's around for a purpose. Um, I think I got enough time quickly. Like sure. my mom could do New York Times crossword puzzle in uh, ink. She never wanted to lose her mind, and she ended up with Alzheimer's in a rest home, okay? And it was grisly. When she died, when I communicated with her, I said, Mom, what was up with the Alzheimer's? She said, well, your dad and I had been married 64 years. I wanted to give him time to adjust to me leaving, to learn how to cook and clean, meet new friends, get his own activities going. And I couldn't figure out a way to forget all my religious guilt. And so I decided I'd just forget everything. So when I arrived in spirit, I would be free of all that guilt. So from her point of view, Alzheimer's was an elegant plan. From our view here, it's not. Right. So that said, when you approach healing, you have to approach with humility. But PK is a wonderful way to send energy to a sore knee, to mend bones more quickly, uh, many things. In the laboratory, we can measure that. They can take a vial of bacteria and they know that an antibiotic will kill 97% of them in 10 minutes. And another vial, and they fill it the same and give the same antibiotic there, but one vial is protected by energy healers and those bacteria survive much longer than the bacteria in in the regular vial. The cool thing about that experiment is there's no placebo effect, you know, the the black bacteria aren't, you know, you aren't able to talk to them and say, this is a really good pill. This right, will really right. help you. So uh, studies with uh, pristine DNA, coiling and uncoiling with PK, uh, energy healing toward bacteria, and then quite a few sophisticated studies on energy healing. Those would be one good use of PK. The other is this manifesting you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, so that people... Say I want to do another uh, meditation CD, and I and I end up with it. This is a true story in my hand in two weeks. 
artwork done, production done, manufacture done, uh, the, the brainwave patterning, all of that. And that project might usually take six months to a year. Um, so you can use PK type of energies, that very high energy filled with heart, very clear intention, but letting go uh, to really speed up your creativity in your life. With energy healing, do you actually, uh, I'm very interested in that. I've never actually seen it done. I mean, are you, are you actually putting hands on uh, these areas or are you, is it just a matter of, uh, like you say, kind of directing energy in that, uh, towards that area? How do you, how do you accomplish that? Well, it's a lot about your belief system. Going back to PK, initially the Russians believed the field extended about eight, nine feet. Okay. Okay. Americans didn't believe that. So the Russian fields extended eight feet. The Americans could do PK from around the world. No, no distance was no problem. In energy healing, the same. If you feel the healer needs to put their hands on you and they feel they need to put their hands on you, it'll be more effective. But we have many episodes of people being very effective with healing across the world oh, okay. without even meeting each other. So whatever energy is being used seems independent of time space for healing and for PK. Um, it does just kind of come back to belief, belief system. If the person <clears throat> that you're working with believes that I have to touch you, then for it to be more effective, I have to touch you. If you, you and I both believe well, this can happen together, then the chances of it happening are, are greater, right? I mean, it's, yes, you have to you have to modify your belief to say um, time and space don't count; they're illusion. And uh, one level they're real, and one level they're illusory. And what we see in PK and in energy healing, in my experience, is people will wink out of normal linear time to some time else or place else, and that's where the healing or PK occurs. Uh, when I look at healing traditions like uh, rapid movement, ID desensitization, there'll be an intention to heal and then people do this in front of their visual field. It distracts them with matrix energetics. Mm -hmm. There's a two-point technique where you kind of distract from your intent and focus on two places at once. Uh, there's tapping techniques. There's many things when you look at healing traditions, drumming, um rituals of various kinds chanting that will take you out of normal consciousness take you out of that normal linear left brain and then healing energy seems to flow more easily have you ever tried charging a room i mean you know you know just kind of charging a room with 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 uh, electrical yeah. energy just a different energy level have there been any studies done where they've they've gone into those rooms that were more positively charged and, and was were the abilities heightened in those situations or does it have no effect there does seem to be the ability to charge a room negatively like a haunted house uh-huh to positively um when i teach taught that began teaching at monroe I would walk in Friday night, nobody's there for a day, you know, the workshop starts Saturday and the whole place glowed. We opened the second center at Bob's house, Bob Monroe's house, and the energy there was flat Yeah. until we had several meditation workshops up there and then it began to glow. Uh, there's uh, some people that have done studies where they charge a room, say a waiting room in a chiropractor's office. And then they measure the charge by pH activity in water uh, and other instrumentation. And they can see that discharge when people come in for a visit and then recharge up and by the end of the week depleted. And then the staff recharges that room yeah. to be a healing center. Uh, and um, they report, you know, good effects there. Um, so we work with energy fields in copper shielded rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, Duke University has a room that's so dark, there's only just a few photons. And when a person walks in there, there's more photons. But when a healer walks in there with the intent to project light, the room ma massively lights with photons. In that copper room experiment, the last thing I saw, the average person, when they're insulated from other charges, has maybe one volt of DC electricity going and we've had reports of somebody with 70 volts. Uh, so these interactions between spirit and mind and, uh, and physical, you know, we're honing in on it too and getting some good data verification. And energy healers, you know, they'll have um, a caseload of people 
Most healers that are very good will feel that they can help about two thirds of the people, uh, not everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, and some of them work in labs and they'll have measurable results on EEG, on blood pressure, heart rate, um, um, blood chemicals, um, you know, many things, as well as just the person's report that they're feeling better. So do you have, I mean, I'm sure they, they are filming these demonstrations. Is there filming of, you know, I'm preventing the bacteria from dying, I'm growing a seed in my hand, or I'm bending the spoons? Mm-hmm. Uh, are there these demonstrations? Because I think that honestly would go a long way towards uh, that belief, you know, re- rewriting that belief structure. If you can yeah. see it with your own eyes, you can believe it. Scientists rely more on the statistical data because mm-hmm. when they, if they showed a, a bacteria that have been for, um, I got to get this camera right. Yeah, okay? I see it. That I did with PK Energy. When you put that on YouTube, they people say, oh, it was fake, sleight of hand magician. Mm-hmm. They pre-soften the metal. And so labs don't want those kind of accusations. The Chinese did release a film that's on YouTube where several Chinese healers are working with a person who has a tumor in their urinary bladder and they're having a sonogram go on so you can see the tumor. And as they're working over 20 minutes, you can see that tumor shrinking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So some labs will record things by camera, others won't. Uh, But in general, any camera work is subject to that it's possibly been doctored or faked. So they will rely a good bit more. That said, like you say, it can be inspiring. So yeah. I can go on YouTube and see 10 videos of people bending metal and that may inspire me and I'll be able to do it. Uh, and theirs could be fake, who cares? You know, right. But it gets you out of saying, oh gee, this is possible. And so that can be helpful. We've had metal um, this one may be harder to see. Left and right are different on this camera. Yeah, right there. It has a twist in it that's very um, tight. And so we've had a metallurgist look at that and say that's impossible. If you used physical force in a machine to do it, it would snap because of the molecule chain being so long. Mm-hmm. If you used heat, there would be stress marks. And they, there's a book called The Metal Benders by two physicists. And they look at this under electron microscope and PK bent metal looks different than metal bent by force. So when you look for verification, you can find it. So you're almost changing the physical compensa- compensation or comp- what's the word I want? The physical composition, composition thank you, yeah. of the spoon itself. You're actually changing what that metal really is when you're during the, the movement or the twist. Yes. Yeah. So what can people find with the last couple of minutes here? So what can people find on your website, syncreation.com? If they're going to the website okay. now and they're looking for either an InterVegas excursion or something else, what can they sure. find? So the work, work the, the uh, website's a little hard to say. It's S-Y-N-C for the word synchronize. Mm-hmm. Then the word creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. So there's two C's in the middle, .com. You can also just Google Joe Gallenberger or Liquid Luck and Liquid Luck book will come up and the website will come up. So if you go to my website, there are the books we mentioned, Inner Vegas and Liquid mm-hmm. Luck. Under products, there would be individual exercises to open your heart and to get some of this energy healing going. They have titles such as The Healing Heart, The Abundant Heart, Abundance Waterfall, and those are about 20 bucks each, so it's a good way to go in. Liquid Luck book comes with, you can get it also a Liquid Lock CD, which actually came first. And it was so successful, we wrote a book about it. That's on the website as well. And there is a home study course I mentioned that comes with three coachings with me. It's much more deep and extensive. The Vegas Adventure Workshops right now are, are in the pending because of COVID. We can't uh, you know, meet in Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to get those started again in the spring. Um, Monroe Institute has many workshops that I'm, I'm in the middle of one now, six days online called MC Squared Virtual. So we today did metal bending and people were successful. We did seeds today, they were successful. And we did dice rolling yesterday and they were successful in the Zoom virtual Yeah, format. I was just gonna ask you that. So they did that, they were just yeah. online doing that. Yeah. 
And we had people, two from Australia, one from Thailand, Australia, um, Switzerland, Ecuador, United States, all in the same group. So some of these folks are working at 3 a.m. their time yeah. in Australia. And we could get that group energy independent of time space and have good success. So Monroe Institute website would have those virtual retreats right now where they people could get. But a good place to start would be my website. It has a lot of free articles on tips for energy healing, tips mm -hmm. for PK, um, things like that. And you can get started for as low as 20 bucks on one of the brainwave patterning CDs and, and taste success a little bit. Fantastic. So and my last question then is, you, you had mentioned the, the COVID pandemic. And just with our discussion tonight, it kind of seems to me like, I mean, are we getting what we what we asked for with this COVID pandemic? Because it, because we are being fed fear and we are exuding so much fear. And so then we're getting back exactly what we're, we're sending out. Is there any type of just with what you know and what you do, what would your suggestion be for someone uh, who's living in that fear now? Uh, how can they mm -hmm. go about you know, changing that mindset? What's kind of the first step they can do? Mm -hmm to hopefully, you know, protect themselves because that's all we hear. You know, the, the, the media, every, every story is something yeah. to make you afraid. Everything so that you want to, you want to dissociate from, uh, uh, broadcast media, uh, you know, just touch base once a day to get the headline. Yeah. One of the CD downloads I have is called ocean heart. And I designed it so that things that broke your heart, like a loss, like suicide in your life or something, could be healed, but it turned out that people reported having this image of a heart as a vast ocean of love is helping them handle all the fear forms in the culture and stay in compassion with people, not, you know, hide in a corner. Right. Uh, but it forms a very powerful center uh, that is not filled with fear, but instead filled with love. So Ocean Heart would be a wonderful place to start as a download to listen um, and, um, the brainwave patterning that we do will help you relax easily and move into a loving space. Even if all day long, you've been listening to negative news. My wife and I personally meditate every day about four o'clock. And then we have an agreement after four, we do not talk politics or COVID. <laughs> That's a great uh, agreement. Until the next morning, uh, to have a, a relief space to the extent you can get out in the beauty of nature listen to classical music if you mm -hmm. like that, or pop music that might be something like the wind under your wings or you know, inspirational. Things where you surround yourself with beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, working the physical body um, is very helpful. I hold my grandkids that are uh, two years old, four years old, and uh, one year old. Um, and I uh, make an exception on the COVID social distancing on that because I find touch yeah. is so important and their families are living in a protected way from COVID as well. So keep up the touch, keep up the connection with beauty, consider meditating and maybe using Ocean Heart to do that. Outstanding. Well, th thank you so much, Dr. Gallenberger, for, for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate er everything that you've done. Once again, the the website is syncreation.com. Um, Dr. Joe Gallenberger, our, our guest tonight. And I'm going to I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm going to give it another shot in terms of the meditation. I keep trying it, and I am really one of those guys that you were talking about, the engineers, who are, there are steps. And I feel like my, mentally I'm, I'm trying to go through the steps, and I think the steps are what's tripping me up. You know, and, you know there aren't you – know, this isn't necessarily a step type thing. It's more of a feel type thing, and, and I can't get out – of my head to feel it. So I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to keep working it. I promise. Good. Well, try one of the binaural beat meditation things. It'll make your job a lot easier. I think. Will do. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it and hope you have a great evening. You're welcome for it. Thanks for having me on. It's been a privilege and I hope it's helpful to a lot of people tonight. And I wish you uh, a really good week. Same to you. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So once again, that was Dr. Joe Gallenberger. Uh, SyncCreation.com is the website. He does uh, a lot of psychokinesis, manifestation, uh, energy healing workshops with his, um, with his website, and, and he does trips to Vegas to do this. And, and I guess, 
Yeah, I think I guess they're all interconnected, and I didn't really think about it that way before. It is just an energy source. You can use it a lot of different ways, and I think that's what he was promoting there is that there are a lot of different ways that I can use this energy source, whether it be using it to bend metal, grow seeds in my hand, or uh, affect the way that the dice are going to roll, affect the way that a slot machine is going to come up, a computer system is going to come up, affect the way that your body feels. Uh, it's all energy. We all are all energy. I think that most people would agree with that by now is that, you know, we all create energy and we all use energy. Um, so that's kind of why I asked him about, you know, is there a benefit to energizing a room and, and just putting additional energy there? Because sometimes you're just drained. And are, are there certain areas where if you added a little bit of energy to the room, would that act as uh, a healing place? Uh, I don't know. That's why I ask these people. They're the experts, not me. You know, some of it is is hard to wrap your brain around that you can go there and just affect a dice roll, or you can affect a a flip of a coin or a uh, a slot machine beyond random chance. But you you've seen it. Everybody has seen it. We've all gone. Anybody who's gone to Vegas, you go to these some of these craps tables, and the table is hot. You know, quote unquote, the table is hot. This guy has been just rolling well. Everybody there is fired up. They're all excited, and there's something to it because that person will keep rolling and rolling and rolling and the and the energy just keeps building and building and building and good things keep happening. I've long been a believer in what you give out is what you get back. And unfortunately, in our society right now, all we're getting is fear and negativity, wherever it may be, whether it be in the broadcast news, social media, all you're getting is fear. All you're getting is you should be afraid of dying. You should be afraid of this. You should be afraid of that. You should not trust each other or believe in each other. That feeds on itself. And then, then that's what you get. So if all you're putting out is fear, all you're going to get back is fear. There has to be a point where we start putting out the positive again. And, and, and that's kind of another reason why I had Dr. Joe Gallenberger on the show was just to talk about some of the uses, some of the benefits, some of the power of this positive manifestation. Thinking things in a positive way will get you positive results. I do firmly believe that. I think I've lived most of my life that way. Uh, I know I told my wife, you know, I've done a lot of things over the course of my life. I, I like to keep busy. And I know I've been married 20 years. I know I said to her at one point, I think I want to coach track. You know, it was such an off-the-wall uh, statement because it came out of nowhere. I ran track in high school. I suddenly wanted to coach track and I wanted it badly. And, and I had kept thinking about that in my brain that I wanted that to happen. Within a week, I had a, a job on a track team as a track coach. It just, it just occurred. The door opened. I wanted it. I put it out there. I did it in a positive way. Uh, I just wanted to help people and it happened. And that's just one example of several things like that that have happened in my life. So I would recommend that you give it a shot. If you haven't ever tried that, just putting it out there, putting out what your goal is. Um, and I would agree with Dr. Gallenberger when he says, usually you're not setting yourself up for success when, boy, I need to win these lottery tickets because I'm losing my house. That isn't usually the best mindset to get that to happen. But give it a shot. Just put out positive, this positive emotion, this positive intent, these things that you really would like from life that would affect you in a positive way and see what happens. I mean, I, I'm a believer it's happened for me. Have any of you out there ever done that? Have you, have you utilized that manifestation technique yourself in your own life? And has it worked for you? You can contact us on our Gmail account. It's provemewrongcast at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what it was that you were able to manifest in your own personal life. And how did you do it? Uh, you can also contact us through Facebook or Instagram. Prove Me Wrong is the name of the program. Simply search for that online and you can find us. And again, you can send us a line there and, and tell us your story. If you just want to find uh, the podcast itself, we're on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Tuned In, Radio, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find the Prove Me Wrong podcast like and subscribe to the program. 
and you will be notified when a brand new episode comes out. We typically release them once a week. So you'll be the first one notified. It'll pop up in your reminders on your phone and, and you can listen to us. We try to have interesting conversations weekly, just like this one. I think this is very interesting. Guy, you know, he and He's living a different lifestyle. He's manifesting what it is that he wants, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and he's helping you do it too. That's all good. We're also on YouTube. And as you can see here, the scroll at the bottom of the screen, like and subscribe to the Prove Me Wrong YouTube page. And once again, you will be notified when a brand new podcast has been released. You can watch the video portion of this program. You can see the bent spoons that Dr. Gallenberger was showing me that he had bent today. I mean, he's doing it online. He's doing it in a Zoom course. They're, they're making seeds grow in their hands online, on Zoom. Who knew that this was a, uh, you know, Zoom should put that in their marketing. You know, we can, you can grow seeds online. So, you know, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and you'll be notified. Become a, become a member of the Prove Me Wrong podcast family. The Prove Me Wrong podcast is brought to you tonight by Zendozone Citronella Burners from J.T. Eaton. They are shaped like fearless little bug repellent tiki gods. So let Surf and Stan, Hawaiian Howie, and Luau Lily bring the islands to your backyard with Zendozone Citronella Burners. Zendozones uses natural 3% citronella candles and incense cones. They're perfect for patios, decks, backyards, campsites, poolside, and more. You can enjoy the outdoors again. Once again, that is Zendozone Citronella Burners. They're available on Amazon.com and at select Ace Hardware stores. So go ahead and collect them all today. So once again, for my guest tonight, Dr. Joe Gallenberger, SyncCreation.com is the website. My name is Pete Lieb. This is the Prove Me Wrong Podcast. We'll see you again soon.